How to prevent physician burnout? Interview with Dr. Sapna Shahak. Are you a physician or another health professional feeling at the brink of burnout? Can you bounce back and avoid burnout without quitting your job? Well, our guest, Dr. Sapna Shahak, did it. She's going to share her story and how she did it. If you would like to learn some simple tips that helped her and many others she helped, so you can also avoid burnout and continue the impact you are meant to make, then stay tuned. You're watching Happy and Healthy Mind program, episode 91. And our guest today is Dr. Sapna Shahak. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you. So Dr. Sapna, she's an MD, MBA. She's board certified internal medicine physician from Kansas. She helps physicians prevent burnout. See, after experiencing burnout herself and watching other physician colleagues burn out, it became a passion of hers to look into different aspects of burnout. And now she hosts her own show, Worthy Physician Burnout. And I'm your host, Dr. Rosina Lakhani. I help compassionate high achievers achieve even more without stress-induced burnout, holding them back and without quitting their job or adding to the busy to-do list. I'm an executive coach, corporate speaker, and an integrative psychiatrist. I believe that your mind is the software that runs the hardware of your brain and your body. Therefore, I share practical tips for your mental fitness. If you need specific medical advice, please consult your healthcare professional. And if you find this content helpful, then join our mission by liking and subscribing and sharing so more people can live and perform at their best without stress and burnout with happy and healthy minds. If you're joining live, please share in your chat where you're watching from. And if you have any questions, please go ahead and add them. Let's learn from our guests now. So Dr. Sapna, how did you become interested in this topic? What were the challenges that you were going through before you became so passionate about burnout prevention? Sure. Yeah. Thank, again, thanks for having me on. I really like your work. And so what happened was after residency, I ended up pra starting practice here in rural Kansas. And it was, it was awesome to begin with, right? Came out and I did what what was what has been referred to as comprehensive medicine. I uh, was building a practice uh, as an internist in the outpatient setting and also, you know, admitting my own patients because this was before a uh, hospitalist group. And it was great for the, like, the first year. And then it got to be where medicine was all-consuming. I would be on vacation and I would get paged. Or I would be having time off with my family to celebrate a birthday and I would get paged. And so uh, that that became taxing. The lack of sleep, the inability to turn off my phone, the inability to actually get away. And even though I was supposed to be on vacation, if somebody made an error and I lost my cool, um, I got in trouble. So when medicine became all encompassing and I started not being able to recognize myself, I couldn't turn off my brain at night. I couldn't sleep without looking at my phone. As, you know, even if I wasn't on call, I was waking up looking at my phone. Afraid of, I'm afraid of missing a page. I, I say that I developed PTSD from pager. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, there's a there's truth to that. There's truth to that. There's a lot of truth to that. And 
I, I would say that um, at some point I also had the same because three years after doing that, there was a, there was a, a very close family member had some health issues and I had to backpedal. But when I did, when I switched positions, I, for the first six months, you know, I would wake up every night looking at my phone or because we, the pager was, um, was obsolete at that point at this new position. But I would wake up looking at my phone thinking, oh my God, what, what did I miss? You know, what did I miss? Um, am I going to miss a, a diagnosis? Am I going to miss a, a stat lab call? So, I mean, it was, it was, uh, it took me about six months to really let go of that. Oh my gosh, factor at night, even though I love medicine and I love my colleagues and the patients, it's just, it became to where I really hated to get up and I really hated to, why in the world did I go into medicine? I should have just like gone into wildlife photography or become a mixologist, <laughs> you know, it yeah. would a lot more fun. Yeah. Yeah, isn't that that happens when people are at burnout? You know, that is the kind of definition of burnout when people start kind of losing that passion, that uh, you know, uh, compassion that they came to the field with. Right. So you started, you kind of really hit that burnout level. Yeah. So kind of was a particular incidence or point where you realized that this, I have to do something different to be able to continue. Yeah. And unfortunately, you know, people don't really change, I think, unless there's a earth shaking ground shattering event. And I lost my best friend from medical school and residency. Oh Obviously, God. he was also a physician to to suicide back oh in 2019. God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. How did you deal with it? Well, first, I had to process the loss, right? Yeah, I had to process the loss and really think, how did a person get to that point? How did a beautiful person who made looking or, you know, being on call at three o'clock in the morning look fabulous? Mm -hmm. Dr. Bicker's patients loved her. She was fantastic. She was, you know, I would pick up a phone, pick up the phone and just chat with her or, or even bounce cases off, off of her mm -hmm. you know, every other day. Mm -hmm. I had to process that loss first. And then I really thought, what in the world am I doing working six, seven days a week? What, what are my priorities? And I just sat down and I thought, gosh, is this what I want to do for the next 30, 40 years? Like when I'm 65, do I want to be working this much? Mm -hmm. And the answer was no, I don't. So I sat down and looked at what I needed financially and what I needed, to, how much time I needed for myself to be a complete human, not just a physician, not just a robot. Mm -hmm. And so once I figured that out and I was able to negotiate a, a spot, I, I, I switched. Mm -hmm. I made mm -hmm. that leap. Wonderful. Wonderful. And before we go into some of these tools that helped you make this lead and survive and mm -hmm. thrive, can you tell us how is life different once you started taking those steps? I feel like myself again. I feel like, Hey, at 40, I'm, I kind of recognize a 20 year old that uh -huh. thought about going into medicine, uh -huh. right? I'm, I'm, Relearning, though my hobbies are different now, uh -huh. uh, I can see myself, I can see my 20-year-old self giving my 40-year-old self a thumbs up, saying, All right. hey, that, that's pretty good, right? Wonderful. Wonderful. Um, are you waking up more energized or having desire to go to work or do the other things in life now? 
Wonderful. I mean, Wonderful. I don't think anybody really gets up and says, I'm ready to go to work today. You know, we'd all <laughs> love to be lived, you know, spread out on a beach or something like that. But I mean, yeah, I love the people I work with. I love my uh -huh. patients. Uh -huh. um, we have an awesome, we have an awesome team. Yeah. So you got your passion and your compassion and the desire to do the work that you were meant to do, that you studied to do. Correct. Uh, but if you would not have taken those steps, then you would have been completely burned out, either lost your job or lost your career completely. I honestly was looking at leaving medicine twice, mm -hmm. twice. Mm -hmm. and, and something helped you to not do that and still get back to you, like you're, you as a human being. So why don't we jump into some of the tools that helped you so it can also help some of our audiences. So if I were to ask you, like, you know, what was the first thing that you would suggest to somebody who's going through what you went through? What was the one thing that helped you first? I think the first thing that helped me was knowing my self-worth, right? Knowing my self-worth, and I don't mean that in an arrogant way at all, right? I'm, I'm a human being. I'm replaceable just like anybody else. But at the same time, as a as a person, as a physician, I do deserve a job environment, a career environment where I can be myself, mm -hmm. where I can be quirky and I am allowed to be a physician, not just a robot, not having other people that are not physicians tell me how to do my job. While I understand that there's a place for administration, there should be a collaboration, not an authoritarian approach, mm -hmm. which is really what is, it is so detrimental to physicians and patients to have that type of authoritarian admin, if you will. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I really looked at, okay, what is my self-worth? What do, what do I need in a work environment to thrive? Mm -hmm. And to be honest with you, that had been in the position that I was in prior and there were some changes as far as, okay, now they have a hospitalist group. And, you know, to make that decision to leave a practice I built for had built for three years. And that was a big decision mm -hmm. that was not taken lightly. Mm -hmm. But when those, when changes were made to alleviate and enhance work-life balance, mm -hmm. I did, and it was mutual. I took, I took that different position. Mm -hmm. And there were some other things that went into it, you know, what do I want? What type of environment do I want to raise my kids in? Mm -hmm. What type of... So it does a lot of processing what is yes. important for you. Correct. Or like, you know, like you said, initially you kind of process the loss that you went through, the difficulties, you know, after losing your friend, you had to first grieve and you had to calm down. And then you started processing what was important for you. What is your worth and what kind of environment you want to be on a long-term basis. Correct. So that processing, were you kind of writing your journal or were you just kind of thinking about it or talking to somebody? How did you process? Um, so I'm actually not a writer. I'm uh, more of a doodler. Or honestly, I would go on long walks at the park uh -huh. and just pace, kind of talk out openly to to the walls, to my, to my dog. And once I got my... Um, head wrapped around it. I talked to my family, uh -huh, you know, but uh -huh. I had to figure out what what was important to me before I verbalized it. 
Wonderful, wonderful. Yeah, so different people process things differently. I'm so glad that your dog became your therapist. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm very well known for my love of uh, greyhounds. And um, I have to tell you, a 70 pound greyhound is a great listener. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. So you were able to talk it out, you were right. able to process it, and then you were able to bring it to your family. And once uh, your family agreed, then then what did you do? How did you approach your? Well, it was more like, this is what I'm going to do. Mm -hmm. Like, I got to do this for me. And everybody's on board. You know, mm -hmm. if it's, I think if your heart's in the right place and it is logical, mm -hmm. um, how can you not back that up? Right. So everybody was on board because this is what I was going to do regardless because I had to do it for me. Right, right. And so once you realize your self-worth, and you realize what can work for you, then you were able to bring other people on board um, mm -hmm. and, and the life changed. So one advice that you would give to the listeners who may be going through is talking to your dog. <laughs> yeah, I think pets are very therapeutic, right? They're very non-judgmental. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, you know, I am a writer, so I write in my journal as if I'm talking to a friend and it right. becomes like my processing tool. Right. And you talk to your dog while pacing in the park. So that became your tool. So wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So once you start processing, what's the next tool you would suggest people do? Sure. Um, lay out the steps for that maneuver. Lay out mm -hmm. the steps for that transition. Mm-hmm. You know, it has to be logical and it has to be from a place of compassion for the self. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you never want to burn bridges mm -hmm. uh, because where I was previously was also an excellent place. It was just not for me at that time because mm -hmm. a, I had a tragic loss and it changed my perspective. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So calm down, be kind to yourself, process whatever has happened and then process what is uh, what is your desire and what is your purpose and how would you like to proceed once you do that then you define the steps to make those changes and what to do next or what you would you advise other people to do next sure so i went from working five or six days a week because in addition to outpatient i did this to myself i was i, was, I did some moonlighting Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I was my own worst enemy. Yeah. Um, so quit, sometimes I, you kind of get stuck in that situation where I call it, right. I call it like uh, one time when I was in that phrase and I was writing my diary, I said, I feel like stuck in the web of my own creation. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. Exactly. So you felt like stuck in your own trap. Yeah. All right. So, so what did you do about that? Uh, yeah, I gave that up. Uh -huh. I gave that up and said, this is what I'm going to do. And on my days off, I'm not going to do anything related to medicine. Mm -hmm. I'm going to explore other things because I couldn't mm -hmm. recognize myself, right? We're human beings. Right. What do I like to do? What do I really like to do? What type of music do I like? You know, I was to the point where I couldn't even really define that. Mm -hmm. So I spent the time during the pandemic. That's when mm -hmm. I made that shift right before the pandemic had like three weeks prior Mm -hmm. And so I, I got to know my coworkers mm -hmm. better. I got to know myself better. And I started really looking at, okay, what brings me joy mm -hmm. you know, outside of medicine? So that's mm -hmm. what I did. Mm -hmm. So what did you find? What brings you joy outside medicine? Uh, 
besides pacing the park and talking to my dog. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I really love audiobooks, uh, uh -huh. different types of music, working out, doing anything mm -hmm. outside, anything that is hands-on. Mm -hmm. I really enjoy it. I really love being active and outdoors. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you identified those things and then you you started applying those because just identifying and not applying doesn't really solve your problem, right? <laughs> no, no, they have to be applied. And when I don't get that outside time, I, I get grouchy, uh -huh. you know, I get very uh -huh. grouchy. Uh -huh. And how do you take time out of like, seems like you continue to work in a different position, but you continue to work, right? Correct. Yeah, I do continue to work. And I have a compressed schedule Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Uh -huh. And I work with awesome people. Like they uh -huh. have my back when uh -huh. I am not in clinic. Uh -huh. And so that to me, that's important. But uh -huh. on those days when I'm off, I'm off and uh -huh. doing something outside, or if it's, you know, the bitter, bitter winter or Kansas summer, uh -huh. oh, there's something, there's something inside to do. And then we, you know, we, we, I, change the scenery but uh -huh. on those days that i'm off uh -huh. it's not related to medicine and it uh -huh. is related to something else that i like to do uh -huh. and how did it affect your family i think that they see that i'm happy uh -huh. i'm uh -huh. happy i'm completely present when i'm present uh -huh. Uh -huh. and i'm not a thousand miles from nowhere mentally uh-huh uh -huh. uh -huh. so before before you made the change you were you were not there even when you were on vacation, even when you were with the family, you were not actually with the family. And now you right. are present. And I think that is so important. People forget about it. And sometimes when we are not, you know, we have stressed so much about work, then that stress come out on the family and you're either not present or you are snappy or you're irritable. And that affects not just you, but your family too. It also starts affecting your health. And so did your health change after you made the change? Yeah, I would say I slept a heck of a lot better. Uh-huh. So your sleep got better. Wonderful, wonderful. So you were able to calm down, process, take steps to make the change. You decided to stay in medicine although you had thought about leaving medicine, what helped you to not quit? What were your what were your worries if you were to completely quit your profession? What what thoughts were going through your mind when you were having those feelings like maybe I should quit medicine and it's not the right field for me? If I had made that decision, I would not have had any worries. I think I might have regretted it down the line mm -hmm. because for me, medicine is not just a, a job or a career. It's a it's a vocation, right? Vocare from Latin meaning a calling. Yeah. So I think that I would have potentially regretted it in a decade, but not necessarily immediately. Mm -hmm. um, but any other worries besides that? No, because I can always. I can always, I mean, come on, we're physicians, we're quick learners, we're very smart, we're very innovative. So I could have applied those skills elsewhere. Right, right. But you would have lost your, that calling feeling of, you know, responding to your call, but sure. also the respect, the team, the impact that you can make as a physician. You know, you are blessed to be able to impact so many people, not only just patients, but co-workers and the whole communities and systems. And so you would have lost that ability and the ability to earn. Sure. Like, you know, you, you would have 
found other ways of earning, but like, you know, the, the ability to earn good living while fulfilling your inner passion that you would have lost. So what, what helped you to, to make that decision and overcome that urge, that burnout stage that you were when you were having the thoughts of leaving? What sure. And you know, all those that you mentioned when I was in that thought process that didn't even cross my mind. Like I could have walked away from everything and just say, Hey, uh, uh, but you know, that that's, that's why calming down was such a big part of that process. Yeah. Cause you don't want to make big, big decisions when you are really worked up because your mind sure. is not in the right place. Exactly. So, Yes. So what Honestly, helps you to kind of come out of calming down? You tell told one thing, you know, pacing in the park with the dog right. was one thing that helped you. What other things helped you to make that decision that you you didn't have to regret later? I'm going to have to say, I'm going to have to say there's a beauty about being a part of a small town community in Kansas. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The CEO at the time and clinic manager, close friend of mine and a they reached out and it was, I think it was just divine timing, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. I think it was just divine timing and serendipity. And that's how it, how I fell into this position again. Mm -hmm. They, they so were your friend support, your community support yes. helped you. So having yes. that, having those relationships um, helped you yes. come out of your burnout. That's wonderful. So develop the community, develop the friendships. No, <laughs> well, no these, that yeah. These these friendships were unconventional, right? Because uh -huh. one was a um, one was hospital admin, and another one was a clinic manager. But mm -hmm. again, just being from a small town, and you know, you you get to know people, and you they're more than just the job title. They're mm -hmm. human beings, and I love that about here. And mm -hmm. uh, that's, that's a big reason why I came back. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. So recognizing that you have support systems around seeing people as people <laughs> rather than job titles yeah. um, helps you build the relationship. And I think, I think the biggest thing that the, the stress that leads to people feeling total burnout is the relationships, relationships, with people, relationship with the, with their profession, relationship mm -hmm. with themselves. So like you had to kind of redefine the relationship with all these different aspects for you to be able to survive. So what kind of things do you teach other physicians when you work with them to be able to avoid burnout? I know you do your podcast and then mm -hmm. you help other people. Like, do you do work with them one-on-one -on -one or do you do group or or do you speak? What, how do you help them? I'm I'm beginning speaking. It's it's in the infant stage. And uh -huh. um, but I work. I have worked with residents in the past. Uh -huh. Currently, I work mostly with medical students. Right. And I I love it. Uh huh. You know, I tell them, hey, you know what? You're you're more than just a physician, right? Uh -huh. You're you're a human being. Uh -huh. Really know who you are. Yeah. Really know who you are and what your likes and dislikes are because that'll help you draw boundaries Wonderful, and that will help you find and define what type of career and what you will and won't do. Because if you don't want to do it when you're 65 and decrepit, yeah, yeah. you probably don't want to do it now. Right. 
Right. <laughs> so, so you're already, you know, setting these people, these young physicians uh, in making to develop the resilience so they can actually utilize their education and th thrive in a very stressful work environment. So what would you say your best advice would be for our audience today? If you can kind of wrap up in one to two sentences. Sure. I would say know what works for you and what you would or would not do, which will help you define boundaries in your personal and professional life and be okay with applying those. I think that is very, very important. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So your message is know yourself and set the boundaries accordingly. Yes. All right. So if people want to hear more about you and what the work you do, how can they reach you or listen to you? Sure. Uh, so my website is theworthyphysician.com. That is T-H-E-W-O-R-T-H-Y-P-H-Y-I-C-I-A-N.com. Wonderful. So our audience can also listen to more of her podcast and more of the wisdom that she shared with us today. And she's also graciously, Dr. Sapna has shared a gift of five tips for physicians to avoid burnout. And you can get it by going to our website, uh, happyandhealthymind.com. And if you are in US, you'd like us to send you reminders for future programs and links to these resources, please go ahead and text the word joyful to number 38470 so you can receive these uh, reminders and resources links. Let me end the session with this note. Today is the first day of the rest of your life. Each day is an opportunity to make a change, to make a new decision. So what is one small thing that you choose today to either start or stop to prevent your stress from becoming burnout? On that note, stay safe, happy and healthy. And thank you, Dr. Sapna. Until next time, Dr. Rozi.